Welcome back, Crusaders, to Nerd Crusade Podcast, episode 33. I'm your host, Ian, and with me as always is Courtney. Hello. Uh, we will be talking about mainly some TV shows today, and then a little bit about Starfield, since that's what we've mostly been playing. Um, but we'll be talking about Ahsoka, uh, Fully Cooly Grunge, uh, a little bit about Wheel of Time, and just our final thoughts on One Piece since we actually finished that series. Uh, but first, let's start off with Ahsoka. Uh, episode three, four. four. Episode four was what came episode out this week. Episode four. They didn't burn down the forest like they should have. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All the problems would have been solved if they just burned the, the forest down. Yeah. Um, it was an episode. Uh, I would say it's on par with the third one. Uh, the general chick uh, finally got her head out of her ass and it's like oh i'll just send a small squadron out to investigate which is like yeah no shit sherlock i say yes and no because the dumb thing she did was why she bring her kid well that i mean like hey we're gonna go investigate an, an imperial plot that's that is so sophisticated they stole a hyperdrive and that there's possibly some sith or fallen jedi involved as well let me take my son with me <laughs> Well, no one said the general was smart. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then uh, Ahsoka and I forget. Sabine. Sabine uh, are trying to get the ship back up and running so they could send communication. They get attacked. Uh, Sabine fights uh, the apprentice chick. Which they say her name, and I it just kind of in and out in one ear for me. I think it goes it's, by so it's, quick. Shin, it's Shin. Shin Hati is the character's name. Okay. Um, yeah. That's kind of weird, because also, like, they said in the last episode, he sent the soldiers out to go attack them, but, like, they're literally trying to fix their ship. They could have either left them alone mm-hmm. or attacked them. They attack them. Um... Of course, the droids get beat or whatnot, and then they immediately go after that the, after the Imperials right after that fight. Instead of like, hey, we got to sit here and continue fixing our ship, they just immediately go. It's like, so, I mean, you could have just left them alone. They would have radioed for backup, but you would have been able to, they would have been long gone before anyone yeah, showed up anyway. Yeah, they would have their little map trigger thing. Yeah. That seems to take forever. There's no, like, set time for it. For him to figure out the coordinates. Yeah, so basically, they take the, the Imperial people have taken the map, they've, they've decoded it, and are plugging the coordinates into a space drive, hyperdrive computer on their space With station. With the slowest droid on board. Yeah. While this thing <laughs> loads, there's the classic fight scene in the woods. They split up, and then it's Ahsoka versus uh, Ray Stevenson's character, Balin. Uh, um, and she's basically losing this fight until she thinks. Uh, Sabine was killed by Shin when actually Shin just like smoke bombed her way out of that fight. Yeah. Uh, and the fighting in this series is kind of poor because like at least in the the fight in the woods, there's so many instances where they could have killed each other or, or one side or the other. Especially when uh, Ahsoka beats the guy with the Inquisitor lightsaber. Yeah. Everybody stops and watches the guy basically explode from the inside out. Yeah, and Sabine could have just stab Shin. Stabbed her or cut her head off or did something. Yeah. Well, Shin could have done the same thing to her. It's like, why are you guys staring? Hit her and get her You're down. You're still fighting each other. It's, yeah. It's really stupid. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the takeaway I'm getting from this show. It's just 
It's just stupid. bad character logic and a lot of stuff. Yes, and which it, I hate. They, this is probably why I don't like this series. It's the character logic, and there isn't any character development if you have not watched uh, Rebels beforehand. Yeah, Soka's character is not developing whatsoever. Sabine's is a little bit, but the general's character is definitely not. There's no reason for her to bring her kid along on this whole thing. The other thing that's really weird is that... Um, this whole MacGuffin, this map that they've had, there's no reason to believe that this map is to General Thrawn or to their friend Ezra. It's just a random map. Yeah, that no one has gone out to discover. It's just, yeah. they're assuming at a lot of things. Yeah, so it's kind of like, why why is this map actually going to go where they want to go? Oh, well, for no other reason than plot. But there's no explanation of, of like why there's a map to this star system, why mm -hmm. they think that's where this person, where these people are, would be at because they have no idea where they went. That's literally like me just rummaging through a cave and finding a map of Idaho and saying, hey, we have to go to Idaho because this map says, <laughs> says something's in Idaho, so let's go to Idaho. So there must be treasure in Idaho. <laughs> it's like, it's just, it's just stupid logic altogether. Yeah. Um, and, they, and they really do play off the kind of the tropes of Star Wars in this show. Mm -hmm. From Sabine's training session, being blindfolded to the her quoting Luke Skywalker saying, "Well, how am I supposed to hit it with the blast shield down?" It's like, no, we don't, that's we don't, not your line. We don't you need shut up. those throwbacks to those old movies, those old yeah. stories. There's, this isn't a nostalgia room where it's like we don't have a whole lot of Star Wars stuff to ingest. Inge ingest. We have nine movies, a bunch of different TV shows and series that you can watch mm -hmm. to be engulfed in the Star Wars universe. We don't need callbacks to Luke Skywalker lines from A New Hope or anything like that. That's really like kind of like just petty uh, nostalgia. Like you throw it, in there for yeah. no other reason than, oh, remember Luke Skywalker said that? It's like, that's it's stupid. Nobody it, yeah. cares. Um, it was a thing when it was like you only had the star three Star Wars movies and then people would reference it. Yeah, in other movies. Yeah. Which is like, aha, uh -huh, I see what you're doing. But here, it's very much not needed. Yeah. And then, uh, oh yeah, Ahsoka... Ahsoka... Yeah, Ahsoka. I, said, I said it right, haha. -ha. Yeah, Ahsoka. Ahsoka is defeated. Yeah, like... For a and minute. And it's, it's this weird thing where, like, he's telling her that she's just as bad as her master, which is Anakin, although she didn't finish... Her being training. ...training with Anakin. Um, basically, he's trying to outline that they're not Sith... And they're not on the dark side. They have their own agenda, but he still won't, ex won't explain exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. Other than that he believes you have to destroy in order to rebuild something new. So basically, all I can get from that is that they're not happy with how the Republic's working. Which, fair. <clears throat> very fair. They're not in line with the Empire. Which, fair, again. But they want to start something new, but they don't have an outline of what that plan is. It's just we need to destroy what's here so we can create something new. Mm -hmm. So... They're their own, like, little faction, which is the ultimate big long run of the whole storyline of this society. Really don't doesn't matter because they're not First Order. They're not any of the big players that end up being in the major conflicts to, that end up run, running or destroying things. Mm -hmm. There's this just side missionary group that wants to do have a better world but doesn't explain how they're going to do it because they probably don't have a plan for it and they're not going to bother to flesh it out because in the long run, they don't matter. Yep. Um, but basically, he's fighting Ahsoka at this map where at the map upload station, and Ahsoka only basically starts winning once she thinks Sabine is killed.
because Shin shows up. And so she just assumes that she beat Sabine, so Sabine must be dead. And then she gets angry and gets all starts winning again. And then when Sabine shows up, oh, you're not dead. Then I guess the anger decides that she's no longer powerful enough. Yeah. <laughs> and then gets basically kicked off the edge. Uh, to where Sabine does the stupid shit. And this is why, like, the thought of, where the thought of, like, why did they, why is this map so important? Because she's left with the decision that Soka told her if they can't go and use the map to find Ezra, no one nobody can. should use it and they should just, just, just destroy it to be safe. And Sabine promised her that she would. But ultimately doesn't hands the map back over to the to them because he promises her that she will see Ezra again. And it's like she's so dumb. I hate this character so much. Yeah, and that's like where the concept comes up. Like, so who says this map goes to your goes to your friend? Nobody. Yeah. Like, why would you think that's where this goes? Just destroy it so the Imperial people can't do their plan. It's just a useless character. I just. Uh, I want her to die <laughs> at uh, this point, but I don't think she will. No, she's just been, she's a captor <laughs> now of the Imperials and the general who decides to finally take her own fleet plus her son to go investigate this. Um, well, it wasn't her fleet. It, it was, was her fleet or her a fire squadron. squadron. The, of course, they show up too late to get there just in time to see this uh, Halo space station thing take off. Yep. Um, which ends up because they're right in the middle of it and it hyperdrives right at them. It's not a since it's a halo and has a big hole in it. It doesn't hit them like it does in a uh, like a regular like the last Jedi yeah. sequence. They basically just get caught in the wave and a couple of the jets of the fighters die uh, when they lose control. But basically, our known characters came from Kim's convenience store. Mary Mary Elizabeth <laughs> Winstead, who's the general. Uh, I think one, one other person, they, so they survived, so they can save Ahsoka, uh, from... Yeah, just Ahsoka and her droid. Just Ahsoka and her droid, and then they can figure out how they're going to follow them, uh, since they no longer have a map, and they don't Again, have the coordinates. Space whales are magically going yeah. to help them, because Pro- we saw them earlier. Probably, which again, there's no, if that, they go without the other stupid things, like, there's no guaranteeing the whales are going to take you to where that, where they went. Exactly. It's so fucking exactly. stupid. Exactly, this is so, oh, it's so stupid. Yeah, I, this really isn't a great I, Star Wars show. This is really good. dumb. Uh, it could have been better. It where been where it so ends, where everybody was, which was supposed to be their big wow moment, is that Ahsoka ends up and wakes up in basically the space between times, which was what was in Rebels. Um, how Ezra saved her life when she originally fought fought Darth Vader, which is basically like a time portal room. Uh, don't know how she ended up there, but she's there, and then suddenly Anakin's there talking to her. There is fan theories that it's not really Anakin, because uh, the only other people we've se- ever seen in there has been Ezra. He pulled Ahsoka in when he pulled her out of her timeline, and then through, and then she went back out, back into her timeline after her supposed original death, and Emperor Palpatine. So people are suggesting this vision of Anakin might be Palpatine. Whatever, but Palpatine has access to it, then he would have been doing it soon shit already. He wasn't trapped there, um, as far as I know. Uh, so, who knows? And again, shows up there, he's talking to Ahsoka, and we'll see what happens moving there. Again, the longer the show goes on, like... The, the dumber le- the decisions get. The dumber the decisions get, the more disappointed we are that there's no character gro- growth from Ahsoka, considering she's the, the title character. Which doesn't even seem to be about her. It's about... Uh, Sabine and them wanting to find their friend. Yeah, this should have just been called 
Rebels 2.0 or whatever. Yeah, this is not Ahsoka's story, apparently. No. Um, and where this goes, who knows? It's just, I feel like it's just going to get more kind of it's, dumbed down as we go because it's basically a live action cartoon with no logic behind it. Yeah, it's just the fight there scenes, to sell toys. The That's fight, all this is for. The fight scenes aren't really all that great either yeah. because they're not really, I mean, just the stupid decisions that happen during the fights and there's nothing interesting happening in the fight scenes. Um, so it's just a mediocre show altogether, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I have all the Disney shows and a lot of people don't like Boba Fett because Boba Fett wasn't in it as much. Yeah. <laughs> I still like that over this. I think the action Boba Fett is and, a lot and better. some of the characters and how they ran that show comes across a lot better than here. Even though the, the story is a little bit muddled, this story is just complete asinine. It literally is a Monster of the Week car- cartoon type logic of, oh, this MacGuffin <laughs> must go here and this must go here and this must go here. And everything's just going to happen by coincidence and not have any real logic to it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if you've dropped off the show, I wouldn't blame you. Um, we'll stay through and watch, finish watching the rest of it and let you know where it goes. But this has got to be probably the weak, one of the weakest Star Wars shows I've ever watched. Yes. 100%. All right. So, moving on. Um, well, we'll talk about One Piece real quick because okay, we don't have good. a whole lot to say about that. I saw what you were clicking on and yeah. I was like, oh, boy. So, we finished One Piece on Netflix. And honestly, for a live action anime adaptation, we think this was really, really good. Uh, I said it worked really well. Like versus Cowboy Bebop, where mm-hmm. I've seen the majority of Cowboy Bebop the anime, but not all of it from beginning to end. And I've seen bits. And, I've only seen the first like maybe three or four episodes, probably one to five episodes of One Piece. Um, Cowboy Bebop again fails, like we said, because it's act- actors we know in cosplay. This is actors we don't know. Um, Playing new, playing these characters, and they're playing very well in One Piece, um, to the whole point where apparently this series takes covers the first sixty episodes. Yeah, the of, first arc is yeah. what it's supposed to cover. And for truncating something that was once that sixty thirty minute episodes, um, or maybe twenty minute episodes, I guess. Yeah. But that they truncate it very well. Like they get the mm-hmm. point across. All the characters are they need to be introduced or introduced. Their backstories are all given, um, and. Every, a lot, all the main, all the problems of that season of this arc have been resolved, and it's now time to move on to a new adventure. Hopefully, this does well enough that they actually get greenlit and they actually make a season two. Because um, I'm on board to watch all the live action stuff. This is actually really good. Mm-hmm. Where like Cowboy Bebop was annoying, but it was okay, and like I can sit here and watch another another season if I want if they come out with it, just because at least it's interesting to look at. Yeah. <laughs> um. But the storyline that they told there was kind of weird and mixed up and not necessarily what was happening uh, in the comics. Where here I feel like there are key scenes and arcs that people have talked about and shown like, here's the here's the scene in the manga that are like being recreated into live action. And if they follow the process they're doing now, they should be able to make a pretty good show that's a lot easier to, to digest than the thousand plus episodes of One Piece. Oh, easy. And their movies that they ha- all have. Yeah. Um, so I pass on Ahsoka. If you're not a big Star Wars fan, you're not going to care for it anyway. If you are a big Star Wars fan, maybe you're not enjoying it uh, like we are. Maybe you are. Uh, One Piece live action, surprisingly really, really good. Mm -hmm. And definitely suggest you watch it. Uh, 
it's amazing to know how seriously some of the uh, actors took it. The guy who plays Sanji actually took cooking classes and martial arts classes so that he could do all his own stunts. Yep. Um, and literally to the point where like he was cooking for the cast and crew uh, behind takes and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's kind of crazy that somebody went to that extreme to embody a character which like... <laughs> When people saw him, they all hated the fact that he was cast as that character. And after watching him play, everybody loves him now. Yeah, he's fantastic. Everyone did an excellent job with their characters. So, again, like you said, I hope they do get a season two. But, again, it depends on the writer's strike and the SAG strike. Um, and hopefully the damn bigwigs fucking take them seriously and give them what they're due. Yeah. The moment it's a Netflix show, but I could see even if Netflix, Netflix is known to like drop stuff you after two or three seasons. Mm -hmm. Um, it's such a big property. They could shop it to someone else. If Netflix doesn't want to carry it on. Right. Um, and they could probably still use the same actors or whatnot. Just give it to a different production company, uh, company to distribute it. Yeah. Now the other big thing kind of came out. I kind of came a little out of nowhere. Just heard about it earlier this week. Uh, was that they were making another Fooly Cooly. Why? Which... Why? Alternative Progressive, which are the two sequel series to the first one, first Fooly Cooly, were basically meh at, at best. Mm -hmm. They had a couple of good new songs from the Pillows in there. Uh, one really big hit, the uh, My Twilight song. Um, but overall, the stories were kind of meh, non-coherent, had no connection really to the original. Uh or any real connection to Haruko's uh, storyline. Story and they're just kind of like their own thing, throwing in imagery or adding, taking characters we know and, and putting them into new events that don't cohere at all with the original Fully Cool. Yep. So they were kind of just meh and like their own thing. But they were hand animated, at least it looked like, or at least 2D animated. Mm -hmm. This new one, which is actually being made by... Um, it's a little bit different. It's because uh, it is still production IG, but the original Fully Cooly was created by Ganax, uh, production uh, Ganax Animation, Inc. with uh production IG and King Records. Those are the three companies who basically came together to make the original Fully Cooly. Mm -hmm. The new one is by production IG and Studio Nut, um, and. The guy making the new one, Hitoshi Takihiro, is the guy who made like Appleseed uh, 13, and he's been pushing like this new CG animation. I don't think people give it a good enough chance, but once they see what we do with it, it's gonna look great. This no! looks like this looks like it's garbage. Awful. It is shit. It is god awful. It is lazy animation. So lazy. It's so lazy. They don't even animate talking, and it's just. It's not good to look at. It's not pretty to look at. Like, oh, it is, it is an atrocity to the Fooly Cooly brand. It, just after one episode, it just makes me so angry. So angry, just the animation style and how they decided to animate it. I'm a, oh. Yeah, there's I'm literally no textures on anything. Everything is just kind of like a cell shaded, uh... It's cartoon, ugly. no text, and when you like, and of course, like when you look at it, there's a lot of times where they don't animate mouths moving with audio at all. It is seriously just 
uh, either there's one scene where like the girl, when the girls at the strip club are talking to Harko as she's leaving, and they're just drawn. They're not moving, animated or anything. They're just sitting there. And thing in is the like, background. And oh, things is like it's like the animation, like the animation in the original Fully Coolie was 2D. Yes, it had. They took. They did various different techniques and some computer animation in with it, mm-hmm. but they were very thoughtful about it to the point that when they were making it, um, things actually looked good or they were stylized for a point. Here, mm-hmm. you can see they're literally taking shortcuts so they don't have to do as much work, and then they're throwing in the stylized other sequences um, last minute. Yeah. Just to say, hey, look, we're quirky like the original. And it's like, that's not how that works, guys. Yeah. Um, they very much miss the point a on good, what Fooly Cooly is. Yeah, this. and a good a good um, example of the animation. the animation is Lindsay Sterling's music video, We Are Giants. Um, it's just like a cartoon animation to one of, uh, to a, one of her songs that she did with uh, Dia Frapton. Um, the people who animated it isn't listed here on there, per se. Uh, go to the end of the video. Might have a credit there. Um, but like that animation works for a quirky music video, right? It does not work for a thirty-minute TV show. Yeah. Um, and again, this this like four-minute four music video is telling a story, and a short one where this where Fully Cooly is supposed to be an episode telling a story, and it just it doesn't really have a story at all in this first episode, other than. Haruku shows up to the sushi restaurant with the mayor with the mayor to get to basically get his space shuttle passes out of him and to sabotage the factory mm-hmm. but they don't explain any of her moves or any of that she kisses the kid's shin for no apparent reason in the back alley to get a horn so that the horn comes out of his head but then she's not interested in the fact that that's actually happening to him for some reason uh, so like, and then they start referencing clips from the original series, like the hand coming down to uh, use the iron. Mm-hmm. Uh, they literally take a sequence from like episode three or four. I think it's ep- it's the it, baseball episode, so I think it's episode it's three. three. And they just redid the complete animated sequence in this shitty CGI. So like, you can tell that mm-hmm. it looks like shit compared to when you watch saw the original sequence in the original Fully Cooley. Um, what's also bad, bad enough about this is, um, the voice actors are not any of the same people. The one who's doing, uh, Haruku, she's doing, she does sound like the original voice actress, but it's not her. The guy playing Amaro, which is the eyebrows dude, uh, does sounds nothing like the original guy at all. Um, it's really bad. Then like right now, how IMDB has it listed I want to say it's Samantha Weinstein who's playing Haruku, but she's only listed as additional voices. Um, maybe somebody else's. Otherwise, Haruku isn't on here on the casting list yet. Um, but like these are all all the people in this are established voice actors who've done maybe a lot of either cartoons or video games and stuff like that. Um, so there aren't like newbies who don't know what they're doing. But like the guy who's playing Amaro. The it doesn't ri- fit. It doesn't fit because it's a high-pitched, whiny voice where the character only did that when they did a parody of South Park animation. Yeah. And that's the thing is that they they use different animation styles in the original one because they liked those styles and they were experimenting with them. And the craziness kind of flowed with what was going on. Here's like random shit's happening. And it's really weird. 
and they're just doing callbacks to shit that makes no apparent sense on what their mm-hmm. storyline is. Um, it really feels like the people making this don't understand fully coolly, whether they read the manga or watched the original six episode series, they have no idea what it's about and they just want to, they listen to fans who also don't know what it's about and just said, we like the quirkiness. We love the music and we want more of that. So they didn't even like play new pillows music. They just rehashed all the old songs from the original series. Yep. Which if I go- there's only one episode <clears throat> out, but still that's, Pretty disappointing. Yeah, I mean, the Pills have had like four or five albums come out since Fully Cooly. Yeah. They've gone on tour. They're still touring now. They have more new songs. And even if their songs don't fit, the Pillows weren't creators of, of Fully Cooly. Their music was just used in it. There are other Japanese rock bands that you could promote. Yeah, very easily. But they're selling this to America off of, oh, it's the music from the Pillows that you like, so come watch this. Oh, and it's Fully Cooly. Remember, you like that crazy anime. And it's like... I've not met anybody who's ever watched Fully Cooly other than Coordinate who, like, actually understand what the hell the story is. Most people I know either don't understand it and they don't care, or they don't like it because they don't understand it, or their complete understanding of it is completely off the wall and, like, they weren't listening. Because mm-hmm. Fully Cooly's main story, as it, co- as it breaks down, is all, all explained in the original six-episode series, but a lot of the exposition is a second soundtrack on the back uh, so you can play in the background of something else specifically like the episode with the burning town and he's explaining what the video game is in the background is a conversation Haruku's having with the with one of her superiors that it's explaining kind of her purpose being there and what's going on and like why she said she was in trouble in an earlier sequence like that stuff is happening all throughout all six episodes, but it's always happening while it's being overlapped with some other audio, whether it be music or some mm-hmm. other uh, ex- other event being explained or happening right then and there. There's background audio about what's actually going on in this whole story. That's why Fully Cooly is so, so cool is because there's so much stuff to pick up if you keep watching it over and over again because you'll pick up more of the actual you pick story. pick up something new every time you watch it. Yeah, you, and you might great. pick up more metaphors or symbolism in it. The funny thing about it is, like, watching it with the commentary, a lot of the p- mm. symbolism people see in it, the director's like, you know, I just saw that here and I thought it was cool, so I put it in it. Yeah, it's like, oh, like, that was my house plant that yeah, I wanted to incorporate. That was my hand because I needed I wanted, just, I needed a hand for it to use this iron. I just wanted to grab grab the iron, so it was used with my hand. The Never never Knows Best is just something he saw written on a cigarette when he was touring Europe and thought it was cool. Um but those have symbol symbolism and metaphors for the characters that are in there, right? So, what we'll do now is we will explain what the story of the original Fully Cooly is from episode yeah. one to episode six, so people actually understand this is what the story is, and then you can <laughs> watch Fully Cooly Grunge and even Progressive and Alternative and realize how off the wall those things are that they don't make any fucking sense to be even considered. Canon, canon to Fully Cooly. Yeah. So, Fully Cooly follows Nauta, who's the main character, and basically Haruku, who is this char- this character who shows up in his life and basically makes every makes everything kind of go crazy. Haruku is explained as a first cadet police officer for the space police or something. She actually explains that that's what she is, and she dresses up in the whole costume and everything, which looks ridiculous and stupid. Um, but she does do that, and that's what she does explain. That's who she is. Adamisk is this space pirate who has this special ability that they only reference to as M.O., which is the reason why shit comes out of Nauta's head. 
and you have to have the right head in order for it to work, but it's a way to transport machinery or anything from one area to another. And that's why Adam is so sought after sought after and notorious because he can steal anything because he can manipulate MO however he wants. The only piece of backstory that's in the commentary is the bracelet that's on Haraku's wrist is the handcuffs that she had attached to Adamus because she caught him originally. And in the very end of Fulikuli, when you see the Adamus in the bird form, it has a chain attached to his beak. That's the rest of the handcuff, basically. Mm-hmm. That Because she has that, that's how she can track him and how she's been following him around the galaxy. Basically, she caught him. The assumption is he got... Uh, cap got captured or uh, sold o- over to mechanical medical mechanica. Me- medical mechanica, who are yeah. the f- iron factory, and they're using his ability to mo to do whatever their notorious plan, which is never really fully explained other than that they want to smooth out the wrinkles in your brain so that you don't think to basically take away people's free will. That's just a one line thing that's mentioned toward in episode six, but basically they're using his ability to take the master plan haraku is in love with adamus in some weird way whatever she thinks love is because it's haraku it's haraku right um so she's either wanting to rescue him or get him back or something but she was sent by the space force to get adamus back so i'm assuming she captured him they she mm-hmm. lost him mechanical got him and now she's after she's back on original side trying to capture adamus that's what the whole first six episodes is the whole thing with the robot is that she's using now head to try and get to Adamisk and get and give him a way to get out which is what happens at the end the big bird comes out of out of Nato's head hence Adamisk is free and then he fucking takes off and then one of her last lines is like hey you let him get you uh maybe lose him again and then she takes off yep like that's the part that nobody seems to understand is that she's a cop chasing a pirate who she's in love with and all the crazy that's happening is part of this crazy plan to help set him free, which, yeah, they don't explain how the MO thing 100% works other than that you have to have the right head for it. And then the first six episode series, she hits Nato over the head of the guitar trying to get it to work and doesn't think it's working. Um, it is working on him, but then she also tries to use her his father instead because who knows the trauma the kid has after all this shit. Right. But it doesn't work because Nauta's head is the right one. And then she says, you know, you're the one I saw first type of thing. Uh, that whole thing kind of works. And why it's like, like kind of crazy and not unexplained because we're seeing through Nauta's eyes, who is a little kid who's learning what adult relationships are and learning what love is and that because he's he has a crush on her. He gets a crush on her, basically. Mm-hmm. And all this craziness is happening, which is all part of her unexplained plan to bust Adamus out. Why nobody seems to understand that she's a cop chasing a pirate and all that stuff, I don't know why that's lost in translation. It's explained, but it's explained, like I said, in the background of other stuff. Because they probably only viewed it once. Yeah. Or if they have viewed it multiple times, they don't pay attention to background audio. They're like, oh, that's just background. There's nothing going on there. When, in fact... For this anime, it's a very strong component of what is happening and what's driving the plot through. Yeah. I mean, because there's literally scenes, if you just watched it once, like, Minato asks her, why is the cat mad at you? But he calls the cat by name, so you may not understand he's talking about the cat. 
And there's a scene where the cat's beating the shit out of her. Yeah. In a silhouette. And she says, oh, I'm in trouble. And then while, like I said, in the background, there's a conversation. You actually hear what her conversation is with the cat. And they do show flashes of that's what's happening. But it's with other audio on top of it. You just have to know which channel to kind of listen to mm-hmm. to get the story. I mean, yeah, it might take a, a second or third watching to get that. But if you really like Fully Cool, you've watched it a million times like we have. And you understand what the story is. That's why I don't get when somebody gets here and a new director shows up and says, oh, yeah, we're doing Fully Cool again. We're going to do a prequel to explain everything. And they're not explaining anything. Uh, and honestly, I don't expect them to explain anything in the first episode just because this was clearly a nostalgia hit to like, hey, remember the music? Hey, remember these sequences and these scenes and this? That's what's going to happen in this series. It doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. It doesn't work at all. The lazy animation doesn't feel right. The introduction of alien rock monsters makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Because like, yeah, she's a space cop. He's a space pirate. That was known, but there's no alien life on Earth in Nauta's storyline. Yeah. So why is there alien life on Earth in the Southern Shoreline, unless they're going to reveal that this isn't Earth and this is a different planet yeah. at the end. Which they could because she's been chasing him all across the galaxy, but more so is that she's chasing Medical Mechanica to try and release Adam to maybe find out which one he's stuck in. Who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe they're moving him around. Like, all that interesting stuff I just said is stuff that we're injecting into the story because we don't know the whole story, but we understand the basis of it. Which means, like, they could have took this series and either showed us, you know, her chasing Animus down or showing us who Animus really was other than what little imagery we saw of him in in episode six Mm -hmm. and give us the backstory of that. And, like, alternative and, like, progressive could have been pushing the story further in the future of her chasing him across the galaxy because he escaped at the end. Right. But we didn't get any of that. We Instead, we get these inter-emotional stories about people being sad about... Uh, dealing with grief and being uh, sad about the friends or whatnot. Yeah. That's all I remember from Progressive, from progressive and Alternative was that. One was dealing with grief of her father dying and the, uh, was the other one with the friends? Yeah, friends growing apart, and moving then, away. Yeah, it was just it, like, those are stories we don't need to be telling. This is, a, sci- this. This is a sci-fi uh, action anime. Tell us a sci-fi action anime storyline. I don't care about the fucking random humans in the world and their bullshit problems. There's a million animes that deal with that shit. Yeah. Because that's all anime is now is just relationships, sex, and like mental health bullshit. (laughs) Back in the day when we had Cowboy Bebop and Outlaw Star and all that stuff, they actually just told storylines. Yeah. So, while I will definitely finish hate watching this stupid show. (laughs) Damn. Where the animation is god awful, fucking terrible. Anybody who tells you that oh, this CG animation is really worth it, they're that lying. It's bullshit. And they're lying. As harsh to you. it is to say that it's lazy animation, it is. It's a hundred percent. You watch it, it's lazy. When at least with Trigun Stampede's three D animation, I didn't enjoy that anime animation either. But at least there was effort into it, and there was detail. In there even, as well. Even the Berserk 3D animation, which yeah. is terrible, there's more effort in that than there is here because the little shortcuts that you catch of them not animating mouths, them uh, just doing quick cuts of frames for action sequences, uh, that type of stuff, or like there's no textures on everything. The faces, when they're scaling a fish, he's scaling a fish that's just black. 
Yeah. So you don't even see scales on it. They're just. It's like, what's the point of doing this? Yeah. What's the point of showing that shot when there's nothing there to show? Um, the fact that there's no textures or detail in anything, everything is just one color or yeah. another color. They like, spent all the work on Haruku's character model. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. And, she's and they're not like, the oh, shit, there's other characters. And she's not the main focus of any of this. No. Like even the rock monsters, it's just one color. And then, oh, yeah, we'll just do little black shapes around to be the rock. Yeah. Shapes. Like his, the old rock brothers, like brother who was wearing like the Hawaiian shirt, I had more, had the most detail than anything else. Yes. Um, so like it is lazy animation in my opinion, because I think people think the reason why everybody loves anime is what their stories are nowadays. And anime was big hit in America in the eighties and early nineties, not because of its cutesy style or this and that. It was because of the high detailed animation and the fact that, they told adult stories that didn't need to be in a cartoon format, but they did so so they could show you amazing stuff with lots of detail in it. That's why people liked anime back in the day. This whole cutesy, chibi stuff and the fact that every anime is a fucking harem anime. Every anime is about a kids about kids and relationships or mental health bullshit. Like that oh, stuff is not why we liked anime. We liked it for the detailed action and the uh, adult cool. themes, but like and the also detailed the art. Yeah, detailed art and the creative storylines they did. Yeah, when you just throw like a bunch of wacky shit to say, oh, well, Fully Cool is the crazy anime. Here's more crazy anime. But we're doing it on a on obviously either a budget or we're choosing to do it in a very cheap way so we don't have to worry about a loss and nobody likes this shit. It's obvious to everyone. That's why these things don't work. That's why Castlevania's anime... Uh, on Netflix is great because they do put the detailed effort in all the big sequences and they tell a coherent story with a beginning, middle, end. Fully cool, I understand, is yeah, you have to watch it maybe a few times, but it does have a coherent beginning, middle, and end in the first six episodes. Mm -hmm. Very clear, very obvious. One of the best animes I've ever seen. And I suggest a lot of people should watch it because you may, everyone will get something different out of it, but there is a story that you just have to pay attention and you yeah. might have to rewatch it to catch it but that's the beauty of that anime is that it wants you to rewatch it multiple times to get more out of it and with that animation it don't hurt your eyes so you can watch it 10 15 times like we have yeah i mean they go from the they have their traditional style throughout it they go to some computer cg animation for like the 3d shot that they've done mm -hmm. they go to manga style for a little bit of uh, exposition points that they give in there it's done really well, um, and they make fun of the process of making an anime while making that. I mean, that's what's so good about the anime is that it has its storyline. It also has, like, this fourth wall break throughout it. It's just that good. What we watched today was just absolute garbage, especially because the the issue of recycled scenes, the bad animation, the, no the zero detail in anything, and an incoherent storyline, which maybe they'll try and make it make sense. If they do that, fine. But like things made sense in the very first episode of Fully Cooly. Yeah. You had they introduced their characters. They all get introduced. Things happen. A B C D leads to E F and G. I mean, like it works and makes sense. And then it's a matter of okay, this crazy shit happened. This kid has to deal with it, and he's dealing with it by like not trying to deal with it. Yeah. Um, as most people would do in a world war when crazy shit happens, they just kind of like, I got to move on with my life. 
that's the interesting thing about Fooly Cooly. All this other shit is not good. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, I would say pass on this if you're a hardcore Fooly Cooly fan. Um, hopefully they use newer Pillows music or newer music and don't just rehash the entire soundtrack of Fooly Cooly. Because that would be a huge miss if they did that. Um, yeah. The voice actors on it, like I said, they all seem pretty decent. The kid who's playing Shin, or um, you know, Shin's dad, and then... They yeah, don't they, have it listed properly on IMDb. Uh, I'm thinking he's Shinpachi. It might okay. be might be the guy. Uh, problem is, he's trying to sound, they made his voice sound like Nauta, so they sound like almost the same person. Which you should <laughs> you don't do that when you're telling a prequel. You don't. Yes, you can bring back the original actors for the original characters. But if you have new characters who are basically playing the same role as as other ones, you don't use the same voice or make it sound like the same voice. Mm-hmm. Like that's terrible. You make them be a completely different character. We don't want. I don't want the Shin character just being another Nauta, which is kind of what he's turning into. But like a Nauta that has character developed within like two seconds instead of across six episodes right so yeah we'll give you more information if (laughs) if it changes probably not going to continue to talk about every week but i'll we'll finish watching it and then we can do a wrap up with a wrap up of like okay this is what they were trying to do and maybe it worked or no this whole thing was garbage because i mean if they turn it around somehow in the story it might be worthwhile but the animation style is absolute garbage. If they, I don't care what the director says about how he thinks it's really cool and that like people just don't give it a chance. It's no, it's garbage, and you shouldn't, you should not be using this. This is a budget cutting animation style, not a innovative. I'm playing with new technology style. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Fulikoi Grunge. Like you, I said, you know what's sad? Rooster Teeth's like original Ruby animation had more detail than this. Yeah, the animation was like <laughs> all the background was completely blacked out and other and non important characters were nothing but silhouettes. Yeah. I mean, their action sequences in that were ten times better than what's in Fully Cooly Grunge. Yep. Um and that's harsh because like Rooster has gone back and redone that entire se- first season mm-hmm. with filling in the background and doing stuff. And that was originally poorly done because it was done by one person the entire time. Yeah. Whereas this is a whole studio. This is production IG and Studio Nut. They have more than one person doing the animation. So you So get more people. Yeah. Um and if you're gonna try and copy the style of the original director where he had multiple different styles of art in his anime in the anime because he wanted to play around with all those different art styles, that's great and all, but he did it in a much more composed way just then Oh, crazy time. Here's 2D animation. Yep. Here's stop motion stuff. Just here you go. It was very clear that he was paying homage to stuff, especially when you get to the part where they do the South Park animation. Yeah. It was like, okay, they, he's doing this because he likes these animation styles and he wants to play around with it. Yeah. Um, and yet they also fit the tone of what was happening. Mm hmm. So, yeah. Skip, 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 skip. Last thing to talk about is. Still have a review for Starfield yet because we're still playing through it and like, yeah, not even a fifth of the way through this main storyline. I get too distracted <laughs> to but, be honest. And honestly, that's the good thing about the game is that there's tons of stuff to do. Where I felt in Skyrim, I played a lot of the main story and found like certain areas where it's like, okay, this is a good spot where the urgency is not there and I can just go and wander around. Right. 
Where this, like, there's no urgency to begin with. So you can just go and wander around as soon as you're done with, like, the first couple of uh, story missions. Excuse mm-hmm. me. And then there's just so much to do. The one thing I been avoiding spoilers is crazy on the next more time goes by the more people are getting okay with just spoiling the shit out of this game uh is i would still tell everybody still just like any other rpg that comes out don't necessarily look at all the tips and tricks about oh these missions don't miss miss these good missions oh don't miss this armor don't miss these powerful weapons just play the game as you want to because i'm also seeing a lot of views people saying yeah i'm a reviewer i was told to play it this way i rushed through the storyline got to the end, got to the new game plus so I could explain what that was, and they regret playing it that way. They honestly were saying they would have more enjoyment playing it like they would normally play an RPG like this and just explore as much stuff as they possibly can. Mm -hmm. You don't have to check everything off your checklist of doing every single mission 100%ing if you don't want to. Um, You can get to the point where like, all right, I'm tired of doing all this side stuff. I just want to get through the main story and get there. The one interesting thing about the new game plus is that this supposedly lets you keep on playing over and over and over again, um, which is an interesting difference than other new game pluses, but you're going to want to play as much as possible so that you can see how all your decisions are impacting everything. Mm -hmm. Um, The fact that people rushed through it and then said, I regretted doing that tells me stop listening to what everybody's telling you to do to either like 100% this game quickly or whatnot. And just take your time and enjoy it. Whether it takes you 300 hours to beat this game or not, who cares? Or if you don't even play through the main story, it doesn't matter. You're supposed to get what you want. That's why this game has so much in it. The thing is that what's in it is done so well, or at least well enough to a point that it's it's easy enough for anybody to play and get into it. Where there could definitely be improvements. Like There could be improvements on a lot of the menu systems, I think, with shipbuilding. Mm Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing that tells you that this is a kinetic weapon versus a uh, energy weapon or EM weapon. You actually have to. I actually like look up what's exactly what. Um, It's very obvious that what's missiles because they say missiles, but (laughs) it doesn't tell you if this is a suppression weapon, if it's a weapon best for uh, disabling ships versus a weapon best for destroying ships. There's no outline of exactly what each weapon does. It's just. Here's a cannon, here's a particle beam, here's a railgun, and they're not, like, organized by ballistic particle lasers or particle beam uh, weapons, or what the difference between a particle beam weapon and a laser weapon is. I had to look that up, where I, the difference is that a particle beam does both, well, ballistics and lasers. So, like, you uh, don't need to have a ton of particle beam weapons and a bunch of ballistic weapons. Just pick one. Because they're do- the particle beam's doing both already. Yeah. Um. So, like... The menu systems could be cleaned up better or be able to give you more information on what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing, uh, having a little more information on all the different uh, devices in for uh, the base building would be helpful as well. Yes. Um, but like everything else in this game, whether you're doing the small activities to the side stories to main, to faction quests are all really well well written, well done. Um, I don't know about you. I've only I'm only doing one faction right now. I think I'm, I haven't done any factions. I'm mean, cl- I mean close to getting it done. I'm what, well over forty eight hours in. I'm like level oh twenty five, and I haven't even started doing a ton of the main story stuff. I'm only level eighteen, and I haven't done a single faction yet. I have quests to start them, but I'm so 
like I'd sunk in about 12 hours just in Neon doing side quests. Yeah, when I booted up today, I was like, all right, I'm going to go start these side quests in Neon. And it's like, oh, wait, I should fix this on my ship. And I ended up spending an hour and a half. so like, easily in this case. Selling resources and like re and readjusting my ship so that I could get uh, upgrade my shipbuilding ability so I can get more ship parts. Mm-hmm. And like, literally, I'm like, oh, wow, it's been an hour and a half. And I've literally done nothing here but fuck around with like my shipbuild and going to the different places to try to find, the, find uh, better parts. And then after that, I finally went back to, okay, now I can start doing these story missions. Yeah. Um, and that's the great thing about it, because, like, you can literally go, all right, I'm tired of just going to, from city to city talking to people. Uh, I need to do more action. Fine, I'll just go explore a planet and fight a bunch of creatures or a bunch of pirates. Or, hey, I'm going to go learn, figure out how to do the ship building and spend your time figuring that out versus um, base building and all the other mechanics here. Um, even the crafting stuff, I'd say, is definitely harder because you yeah. have to you have to put skills into crafting before you can even do crafting stuff. And those, well, for to upgrade any of the crafting, you have to put in skills for. Well, like I can't because you just get like bare basics. Yeah, like I can't do a whole lot with my weapons until I get the weapon. I unlock the weapon engineer skill. Mm-hmm. But I spent a lot of my skill points on the things I've been doing immediately, like piloting and combat stuff to make sure I can survive versus. Oh, I need to put a point here in suit building so I can I can upgrade my suit to make it better. Right. But like, I don't know. There's different ways to play. It. So I'd say just play it however you want, and then you'll probably figure out that hey, if you did something differently, uh, the next time around, it, maybe your life will be a little bit easier uh, than you did this time. It's just a learning curve on how to figure stuff out, which is kind of how it goes with a lot of uh, new IPs, which is kind of the fun part about this game is that you're learning how to play. It and learning its new systems. Yeah. Like I said, I would avoid doing anything where people says, oh, go here to find this mission. Go here to do this mission. Make sure you do this, this, and this. It's more fun to find them organically. Yeah. To point like, I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to tell Courtney about all the stuff I'm finding because she hasn't found it yet. It's going to be fun for yeah, her. Yeah, and to vice versa. It. Um, it's just, you know, okay, you're in, you're in this town, right? You're in this, I'm in this town. Yeah. Um, so... Just play the game if you have it however you want. Um, it's doing really, really well. It was over 2 million players mm-hmm. on cons- on console and P- Xbox PC. And over 2 million players on uh, Steam before launch. Mm-hmm. More That's numbers obviously grown quite a bit after launch since people have uh, picked it up on Game Pass for free. Yep. And it's also doing really well <laughs> on Twitch. It's uh, even beat out uh, the Twitch numbers that... Uh, Skyrim had. Yeah. And Skyrim always has people pl- uh, streaming and playing that and people watching. Uh, this uh, game is definitely another, the next biggest hit from Bethesda. Uh, it does a lot of things better than what Fallout and Skyrim mm-hmm. have done. It's definitely evolved their systems. But, like I said, there's, there's room for growth and for things to be fixed on there. And I like it rather being these little things like, well, this menu could have been better explained or this could have been... Uh, laid out a little bit better or yeah, organized like better. Yeah, like the city maps. It would have been nice if you got off, like, the transit or uh, the elevators, like, in Neon or just outside the, like, city limits that there's just a map of the area. It doesn't have to, like, be in your menu. You could just go up, click on it, and then the map shows up. Not yeah, just a uh, list of, oh, 
XYZ store is going to be on level two in the residential district. And it's like, well, that doesn't quite help me. Get to the residential area. Residential area. And when I'm in there, do I go left? Do I go right? Do I go straight? Do I have to go yeah. kind of underground? Like it's... if you walk the whole, if you walk the whole of the city, you'll figure out how everything's laid out. Yeah. But, but you gotta like, spend a few hours. There and... is, yeah, there is no surface map. Like even if you're on a regular planet, the surface map is trying to play out like it's a topography almost, mm-hmm. but very, very bare bones topography. Like they couldn't get it to work the way, the way they wanted, so it's just a basic map of like blue dots that some might be higher than others if it's topo- if there's a little bit of topography. But mostly just a blue screen with there's something here on the right, there's something here on the left, there's something in the south. Good luck. <laughs> go find them on your scanner and hopefully you're pointing the right way and you go find it. And it's unfortunate that even in the cities, which have pathways that connect every single area to its, to each other or ways to walk around it, there's not just a top-down roadmap of it. Yeah. Like, that would have been really helpful to know, hey, here's the layout of how Neon is set up. Yeah, like, here's the layout of how this is set up. Yeah, do it like a... Um... It's going to aid me, but like a mall map. Yeah, Just do that. Do a mall map for these towns. Yeah. It would be wonderful. And even if it's like, fine, we can't get the, the surface map to work the way they want it to, do it like Courtney said, where here's a kiosk that pops up a map that you can look at that shows you the walkway paths of where things are. Mm-hmm. Like, not just, hey, here's the mass district, or here's the mass building, here's that building in relation to the travel, the lodge. Here's yeah. the lodge in relation to the armistice building. Like those things would be helpful to have. Um, I get that they want people to walk around and whatnot, and Which, that's fine. Yeah. And you don't have to give them a map, but a map in their in their uh, inventory to look at all the time, if you want it to be more ex- more exploring. I feel like what they did instead was that they were trying to do something with that surface map, and it didn't work. So they just said, never mind. Yeah, and they didn't bother to remove it. They because they still well, so we still need a surface map to like show where your location is in relation to everything else. Mm-hmm. That's the bare bones of what they did. Versus here's a full blown topography map, or here's a full blown uh, mall map of of the city. Yeah. Um. So mall it, maps. maybe the Mars. Pa- please do a mod or a mall map. Maybe they'll uh, do a patch or something in the future for that, or maybe there'll be a mod in the future for consoles to download to get maps of areas. Yeah. Um, but so. like I said, like I said, it's not like Elden Ring where Elden Ring has a map of the world. Yeah. That you. You mean Elder do, Scrolls? They, <laughs> Uh, no, you Elder, said, you said Elder Ring. Said, yeah, Elder Ring oh, okay. has a map of the world. Oh, you're talking with, about a different IP. With no, okay. with no uh, hand-holding of showing you where anything is in that until you find it. Yeah. But it has a detailed map of the shape of the land and where things are at, or how things are, or how the landscape is shaped, and what it is, versus here's just a blue screen and just icons north, south, east, and west. Right. Um. Clearly, Elder Scrolls designed theirs... Uh, not Elder Scrolls, but Elden Ring designed their map to be not hand-holding and not check off icons on the map, but to be go explore and find shit. Mm-hmm. Where here in Starfield, that excuse is being used, saying, oh, they want you to walk around and find shit. It's like, they didn't design it that way. I felt like they tried to design something to, for a map, and they couldn't get it to work, and so they just left it Yeah, as is. Instead, we're having to explore and learn the cities of ourselves. Which, I like doing that anyway in games, and most RPG fans do. But by no means do I feel like this was a design decision to help uh, bring more immersion, where it's like, 
clearly you had an idea for something and it didn't work, and didn't yeah. work, and now we're stuck with more immersive way of doing it by default. Mm-hmm. But because you didn't bother to remove this, it looks like you're trying to fix solve that problem and you didn't solve it. Right. So that's the parts of this game that like might feel a little bit incomplete. But as the main, but like I said, those are nitpicky things. The main gameplay that you're doing ninety percent of the time is the fun part, and that's the watching the animations, the gunplay, the action, the discovery that you're finding of stuff. That's the fun part. Yeah. The fast travel stuff that people complain about. Honestly, if those people really play the games like Elite Dangerous or No Man's Sky, which I seriously doubt they do, you you're spending you're spending hours. you're spending time of your gameplay time waiting for a countdown uh, clock to count down so you get, get to a location. Mm-hmm. Elite Dangerous is really bad about where it's like this will take you thirty seconds to get to this next this next planet that you jumped into, or a minute and a half or two minutes, and there's nothing you can do about it. That's just how long space travel takes. Uh, and so you can crown show enough credits to buy a better engine or a better build for your for the ship that you have. Yeah. Or it, Elite Dangerous is better. You, you actually just have to buy better ships. Where Starfield, you can upgrade components. But No Man's Sky and Elite Dangerous both have you sitting around waiting for a, basically the equivalent of a load screen to get to a location. But it's, hey, look, space is moving. I'm actually doing something. No, you're sitting there waiting for the countdown clock. Starfield cuts out all that boring shit and just plants you there. That's fine. And then if you don't want it to, if you you can kind of control as much fast travel or as little fast travel as you want. There's still a lot of fast travel in the game, but you don't have to go through the menu system and constantly use the map and just warp to each area. You can... Steer your ship, point at your objective, and then hit the drive to go to go to it, and then go to the planet, and then after you get scanned, pick the spot on the planet and land on the planet. That's what you can do, or you can just go to the map and say, "Hey, land at the lodge," and then you'll load in front of the lodge. Oh, yeah. So I mean, there is a lot of fast travel in this game, but I feel like the decision to do that was because the alternate that people say that they want is the thing that people complain about in those other games. Yes. And it's like, you can't have both. You're either going to have to have fast travel or you're going to have to have these long, lo- same loading times of you just traveling through empty space. Which you're going to say, well, that's boring. I'm spending so much of my time doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And the game game comes out that, does, that, gives, that bypasses. It's like, why are we fast traveling? Or I want to experience me doing nothing for, 20, for fucking 20 minutes of my gameplay. Because I want to look at my phone. Yeah. So, Starfield by far is definitely a great game. Fully recommend you buy yes. it. Um, like, like I said, we'll have a full like review on it probably after I get through more and more of the game, at least ninety percent of it. But that's gonna be a long ways down the road because <laughs> this game is just gonna take forever. Yeah, there's so much to do in it, and the nice thing is because you don't have a map marker or a galaxy map that has all the different icons of where you need to go. It only shows you where you need to go for the mission that you've selected. It's not as overwhelming as Assassin's Creed oh God. or other games where it's like, here's a map and here's 250 things for you to go look at. Yep. Um, God. The mission menu can be overwhelming because you'll see how many missions you've collected just by walking by people and hearing their yeah. conversations. <laughs> but a lot of those stuff do lead to interesting things. They're not all just... A fetch quest. Fetch quests. There are some of those in there. I, ran, I talked to one random person who was a named character and it quest I got out of it was... Hey, can you go get me a coffee from my hometown? I really missed that. I had to go to find Atlantis, get her a coffee, and fly back and give it to her. And that was her mission. That was it. Aww. 
But there's other missions where it's like, oh, this bartender wants to wants me to smuggle some stuff in for her so she can make a drink. Okay, now she wants to make this drink an international sensation, so now she wants to find investors. Yeah. So I got to help her find investors. And then that quest will still keep going on to more and more stuff. And it's just a side quest. Yeah. So lots of stuff to do in the game. Highly recommend it. Uh, next time we talk about... <coughs> excuse me. Won't be till after... Um, you beat it? Probably beat it. Or right before our review, full review comes out on it. It'll just take some time because this is a huge game. Yeah. Uh, um, we also watched Wheel of Time, episode two. Yes. There's four episodes out, so we need catch up. But, but they are full, like, over an hour episode. Like, they are 70 like, to... 65 to 70 minute episodes. Yeah, they're like mini movies. Yeah. Um, so far, really, really good. Great uh, pacing. Great pacing. Again, just like the first season... This is not following the books whatsoever. These are taking the <laughs> book characters and getting them to major events that happen in the story. It has line. the gist. Yeah. That's all it has from the books. It has the characters and it has the gist of what's happening. So there's no comparing this to the books by any means. It is just... It's its own thing. A, its own thing. It's a great fantasy story and it's uh, doing the characters very, very well, mm -hmm. which I think is why it's successful is that they didn't just take the character archetypes and then throw them into an adventure story and then not pay attention to what they were in the books. These characters are very true to their characters in the books. They're just not doing the same things that got them to the different places in the books. Right. Um, season two introduces Elaine, who is the princess and heir to the throne of the most powerful kingdom in the area, which we haven't seen or been to because... They didn't pick her up like they normally did in books. She just <laughs> shows up at Tarvalon. Um, and last, the last episode ended with uh, Naive going through the apprentice test. About to go. Through. About to go through the apprentice test, which is the novices have to go through these three arches, which reveals their fears. I forget exactly what all it entailed, but like I do know like some of the novices die going through the process. Um but it's their initial training to get to the next level. It's not going to make them eyes to die, but I think it does, like, they become apprentices or something like that. Mm -hmm. They get a new title as they work their way up the ranks. Um, and they've explored that uh, Egwene is jealous of Naive's ability and I, and more jealous of the fact that Naive doesn't even want to do anything, but she's way more powerful already just by natural talent. Right. Um, so, like, the characters are developing so far a lot and a lot of it's been focused so far on Maureen and Lin and Lan's relationship because mm -hmm. how that's been fractured fractured and broken from her being cut off um but they give us a nice little background stories about them in the second episode which is really good and she's still scheming and planning like I said I we just don't know what and well I think that's just in her nature in general yeah she's she's a blue I said I that's what they do they're the spies well <laughs> I just meant like her Personalities. Yeah, well, I mean, like, the Ajas that they join are all kind of tied to people's personalities. So the people who are more for spycraft and stuff tend to be blue. The knowledge seekers are, are like... Brown, I think. They were originally brown, but they mentioned the Greys were the ones in charge of the libraries here in this in mm -hmm. the show. Um, and, the, like, yellows were for healing, which I thought originally green was for healing or whatnot. Um, it, all, it all depends... Uh, on how they explain, because they haven't given us the whole list of here's all the Aes Sedai groups and what they all mean. <laughs> the list. Because that's, that's the nice thing in the books is that you have a glossary in the back and, like, an index that says, this is what all this shit means. This is how you pronounce all these different things. <laughs> and literally, when you're reading the book, you're constantly going to the glossary, like, how do I say this? 
okay, what is this? And it tells you what, what they are. Or, or Kind of like the Codex of Mass Effect where it just like lays out, this is how the universe is set up. This is how it works. Yep. Yeah. Deal with it. Um, other big reveal, other than uh, we already knew that the Red Aes Sedai had Matt capture from first episode, but we find out that the man that she has stashed in the docks that Moraine was threatening her with, find out that that's actually her son. Yes. And he's an old man and he's dying. Um, Aes Sedai having children is kind of like the Jedi thing, like they're not supposed to or they don't usually have kids. And especially a Red Aes Sedai since they're not supposed to... It's just they, they're man-haters. They don't like men, so they're yeah, not going... Yeah, they don't have They don't have warders. <clears throat> and they, their whole objective is to hunt down men who can use the one power basically to kill them or to cut them off. They're basically painted as man-haters, and she's definitely painted that way as well. But um, she also brings up that Aes Sedai's lived for hundreds of years because of the one power that they use slow down their aging process. Hence, it's more reinforced when you see that the old man in the bed, which you think it might be her lover, is actually uh, her son that is sick and dying. And she's doing what she can to try and make his make his last moments better if possible. Mm-hmm. Um, to ease his pain. Yeah. Because we don't know what's wrong with him. We just know that she can't heal him, she said. But she's also not a healer. Um, but that I feel like the whole point was to show that she has a kid, so she breaks the rules herself. And emphasize that Aes Sedai live for a long, long time. Yeah. Because um, she does say they live for hundreds and hundreds of years. So, like a Mass Effect uh, variant would be the Asari. They live for a thousand years. Mm-hmm. Kind of type of type of deal. Um, but that also ties into her motivation that she says, because we live for so long, we don't just um, have a effect to save a few people or affect... On this, that we get to write history because we can actually have huge impacts because of their long life. Yeah. Which is another kind of deep theme in the book about why these characters are important and whatnot. Um, but like I said, the show's done very well. The costume design is fucking through the roof. Uh, amazing. Um, this whole season is probably going to be more focused on um, the Forsaken that were, for, that were freed at the end of the first uh, series. Yeah. And they actually emphasize it and flat out say, yeah, they freed... The first, uh, the, the Darklands, uh, first lieutenant, lieutenant yeah. or right hand man, who's then gone and freed the rest of the Forsaken, which are all the most powerful, uh, power users in history mm-hmm. who have lived forever but just in prison because they were working for the Dark One. Um, so it'd be cool to see where this goes and, uh, where they, and I have no idea what, where they're going to end this at with if it's going to be at the last battle with the Horn of Alon or if they're going to go past it to another point. Um, but we'll have to catch up with it as we go. Cause like I said, we're still two episodes behind. We'll try to catch up on that this week before the next episode comes out. Um, yep. and, and then fill you lovely and fill everybody in because it actually is a really good show. I think out of all the shows we're watching, uh, that is, watch the, this. this one's definitely the best one. Yes. So go out there, play Starfield or watch wheel of time. Two <laughs> good shows, uh, that are worth watching right now. Oh, and also <clears throat> one piece. And yeah, one live piece. action. Live action. One piece is a very good so watch it so we could get a season two. Yeah, I don't want to say adaptation because I don't. I never watched the original cartoon. I yeah. don't read the manga, so I don't know how well it does in comparison. But for people who haven't wa- read that stuff or watched it prior, it was very entertaining and it felt like it had the same themes and the actors did a really good job with it. So mm-hmm. definitely everyone check it was, out. It was a very passion project and it showed that everyone involved loved doing it. Yep. 
Uh, so next week we'll be yeah. back with more Ahsoka, unfortunately. <laughs> <coughs> it's more, almost over. It's more, almost over. More Wheel of Time and anything else that comes up um, between now and then. So uh, if there's something you want us to t check out or watch, let us know uh, in the comments below. Be sure to like and subscribe uh, to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitch at The Nerd Crusade. And check out our main webpage, thenerdcrusade.com, where we have all our podcasts, our archived podcasts, uh, reviews, games, uh, tech reviews, and whatnot, too. Come check it out and let us know what you want us to talk about, and we'll talk about that stuff, too. So, we'll catch you next time. Bye!